I'm Christian Zip, and I'm lucky enough to be one of the hosts of the Northwest Fest Q&A with directors. And joining us today is Colin Cheyenne, director, producer, cinematographer of the film Love Orin. It's playing as part of Northwest Fest from Thursday, May 6th till Sunday, May 16th. And it's one of the films in the Made in Canada program presented by Canadian Cinema Editors. You can stream it, as with all other films part of this festival, at northwestfest.ca. Colin, welcome. And uh, we want to talk, obviously, about your film without giving too much away. Uh, and hopefully people are going to want to be able to check this out because it's a fantastic little film. Love Warren revolves around a secret letter hidden in a wall for 70 years. So let's let the audience know about what unfolds in this film around that letter. First of all, I want to say I'm just so over the moon that this film is premiering at Northwest Fest. Uh, when I lived in Edmonton for many years, it was Northwest Fest that um, was the, my, a lot of ways my first exposure to documentary film. So the fact that now my first feature film is actually going to be premiering here is just, you know, it's full circle. It's just such an incredible honor and experience for me. Um, and this, it also makes sense because this film is uh, a kind of remarkable autobiographical piece, although I'm not ever in the film. There's a lot of um, strange and bizarre connections that drew me to tell this story. Um, the first of all, you know, the, the film opens with a, a house and it's a, a lovely Victorian home in Red Deer, Alberta. And that's actually the home that I grew up in. And when I think about home and where I come from, you know, that's the place, that's the one place on this earth that I think about. And so it's very fitting that 70 years uh, before that, there was a woman named Oren who also grew up in this house. And so uh, although I never had the opportunity to meet Oren uh, or get to know her. Um, we kind of share this, this connection of growing up in the same house in completely different decades. Um, and so learning about her story and uh, the, her family's story, uh, it was just um, such an honor, really one of the, the, the best things I've ever done in my life. I and mean, you talk a little bit about, you know, your own personal connection, even though you're not featured necessarily in the film. Um, it does kind of lead to this idea of when those letters get discovered in the basement, when, you know, you're looking at possibly remodeling it. Um, this There's one person in particular that really gets connected to them, and that's Naomi that's in the film. And I'll let you kind of give some context about it. But the fascination that Naomi had with these letters went so much far deeper than this kind of antiquity or the mystery of these letters. So talk to us a little bit about why Naomi felt drawn to them and how that eventually leads us to Peggy Ashton, or I guess Peggy Ann Donna, who is the, the sister. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, Naomi is my sister-in-law. Uh, so my brother married her and they decided to buy that house uh, and settle in there. Um, and she is a wonderful, loving, caring mother, um, as you know, all mothers are, and read this story of uh, this one individual, uh, Oren, who 70 years ago was in a situation where she wasn't uh, given that right to be a mother, um, which is kind of a... It's a, we treat it as though it's a, 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 you know, a piece of Canadian past where you know, young mothers, there was a stigma of being um, unmarried and, and, and pregnant. And unfortunately, a lot of mothers uh, throughout Canada and around the world were denied that purely for the sake that they were not married. Unfortunately, because of that stigma, Oren gave that child up for adoption. And I think that story in itself, you know, aside from all the other incredible things that happen in this story, you know, that starting piece 
really had a profound impact on Naomi uh, as a mother. She could really empathize with those letters and understand the pain of, of, of losing something like that. And, and how, you know, although it's something in, you know, we uh, talk about as history and something we don't talk about far enough, that legacy lived on for the rest of Oren's life. Oren died in the late 90s, and uh, she took that secret with her to her grave. No one knew about that. And I think that's a, a common story for a lot of mothers uh, throughout Canada, that experience. So I think having that, that, that empathy for that situation and knowing that the profound depth of a mother's love is not something that you can just sign away. You know, it's always there. And Oren always loved Donna till uh, the day she passed. If I think about the, what I think is the most beautiful part of this story, you know, a lot of people treat love in film like it's a metaphor and they have all these different elaborate uh, ways to, to measure what, what it means to be loved. But this, is, this doesn't even need to be a metaphor. It's uh, a secret letters hidden in a basement, uh, hidden away from the rest of the world for 70 years. And the impact of that was just started by a mother's love. So there's no metaphor needed, although it's a perfect metaphor to describe the depth of that. 70 years later, a mother's love is still felt even long after she's gone. It's, uh, it's, um, it's pretty, pretty beautiful, really, when you think about it. Yeah, you, I mean, you kind of mentioned it in that answer before and in talking about this idea that, you know, Orn clearly isn't the only one that's had to endure this kind of level of judgment or stigma of having a child at that young of age and just that parallel from uh, an incident that happened decades later for Naomi. It's that's something that I think deeply touches not only the women in this film, but probably people that watch it. So how do you hope yeah. this story could still be, you know, relevant or how were you hoping that it would be to women that watch this film today or people that, you know, can identify with that story? Well, I think um, this year in particular, the importance of family and those connections that we have to our loved ones that um, can't necessarily be with us, those that have passed this year, um, those that we can't see on a day-to-day -day basis. I think... Um, Really going through this experience, you know, I edited most of this film during the pandemic and it was, you know, it was therapy for me because, you know, I obviously I, I missed, um, I wasn't able to see so many of the people that I love and really exploring what unconditional love means. That's really at the heart of what I wanted to do in this story. So that that's a story that resonates any, you know, no matter where you're from or who you are, when you were born. That's something that's important to all of us. And uh, to feel unconditional love from someone uh, who's no longer with us, but gave us this beautiful letter, that just to me is just such an honor and such a, um, it's just something that I, I think is so important that we need to remember that, uh, that love really is the, the, the driving force, the power of this universe. And, um, even after we've gone, our love still stays with us in, in mysterious ways. It still lingers and, and impacts people all these decades later. And I, and I think that's the true power of this film, right? The concept of these letters, these personal letters that are left unread and hidden for decades, you know, is such a deep contrast to how we communicate now. And what makes this yeah. film work is that the history kind of unfolds from those pages and just the weight that it carries for the people that discover them. So what do you think 
these letters from Orm to her father, what is it about them that kind of carries that that weight, even though they're just, you know, they were personal between two people? Well, I had the opportunity to read many of Orn and her father's letters. Family, you know, gave me access to, to reading those. And this was a family that really loved writing. They loved literature. You know, they, they read Shakespeare all the time together. They, they loved language. And so Oren, I think, really, she, she got that, that love from her father uh, for a love of language. And she articulates the pain and sorrow in this innocence in a, a truthful way. You know, we, we tend to, in our everyday language, you know, hide behind emotion through irony and things like that. But there's none of that in these, in these letters. It is a um, difficult time in a young woman's life when she was carrying the weight of the world and was dealing with uh, an issue that was beyond her control and was dealing with a, a profound negative stigma of being pregnant and out of wedlock, which again is, was beyond her control. And so she's also speaking with her father in a tenderly loving way. And unfortunately, we don't actually know how, um, we never saw the letters that Oren's father responded by. But you can tell that there's a deep concern. Oren's mother died when she was very young. So really her only parental connection that she had was with her father. And they had a really loving and tender relationship. And I think she felt like she could be honest with with him. But she also felt probably a lot of shame, unfortunately. It's good that we now live in a time where that shame isn't there. But we can all relate to that because, you know, we, we all have difficult times and we all um, carry things that we, we don't talk about in open, but we share with those people that are really close to us. And I think these letters give us a glimpse into that world. And even though, you know, Orn uh, isn't able to be in this film specifically, um, you know, her, her spirit hangs over the whole thing. It's in the letters. Uh, it's in the people you meet. How did you kind of find a way to get around that? Because you were never going to have that opportunity to really be able to talk to this woman and reflect upon her life. You kind of had to do it um, in so many different ways to to be able to have, you know, her her feelings, her thoughts, and represent her as much as possible in this film, even though because she's passed, there is no way to actually contact her and get her in the film. Yeah. How did you get around that? To me, uh, it starts from how I saw this story. And to me, this is a ghost story. You know, it's a, uh, the difference, of course, is it's not a ghost story in the sense of a horror film, or it's not a, uh, it's not a thriller. It's a, it's a ghost story of love. Um, and so I wanted to treat it like that. I wanted to bring Orin alive. And fortunately, there was some uh, film of her that existed. And so we were able to use that only small amounts, really, because that's all that existed. She also blessed us with some uh, really generous letters that she wrote. And so we were able to bring those alive. And I also learned that Oren loved photography. And so uh, we got access to all of her photos that she took of her children that she, you know, she raised uh, after the child was given up for adoption. And she, uh, you can see the love that she had for her children in those letters. It wasn't much of a, a task to bring her to life because there is still so much of her that still exists to this day. Uh, and I think that just comes from being an open heart, just somebody who put other people ahead of herself. And those kind of things um, stay with us for a long, long time. 
I mean, you've said uh, previously and even in this interview that you made this film, Love, Orin, uh, in order to create a sense of hope and that it could serve as a reminder of how connected we all are and how important family is to our survival. And you absolutely achieved that, Colin. Uh, it's a fantastic piece of film. Colin Cheyenne has been our guest. He's the director, producer, cinematographer and editor of Love, Orin, probably so much more. Uh, that's how it works on a small film, right? An intimate film. It's playing as part of Northwest Fest, obviously, from Thursday, May 6th, until Sunday, May 16th. It's one of the films in the Made in Canada series presented by Canadian Cinema Editors. Colin, thanks for your time, and thank you so much for the film. Thank you. It's been an honor to uh, be a part of the festival, and uh, I hope everyone has a great Northwest Fest 